If you would have asked people at the end of 2013 what the most favorite strategies are, nobody would have put CTA on position one. And I mean, you can look at these uh, polls. You know, you tend to favor things that have done very well in the recent periods. And we all know that there will be some level of mean reversion of returns when it comes to these kind of things, because otherwise it would just mean that one strategy is notoriously superior to another one, which I don't think it is. My name is Carsten Schröder, I'm the CEO of Amplitude Capital and you are listening to my year-end review on Top Traders Unplugged. Imagine spending an hour with the world's greatest traders. Imagine learning from their experiences, their successes and their failures. Imagine no more. Welcome to Top Traders Unplugged, the place where you can learn from the best hedge fund managers in the world so you can take your manager due diligence or investment career to the next level. Here's your host, veteran hedge fund manager, Niels Kostrup Larsen. Carsten, welcome back for this uh, review of 2014, uh, where we look at the big events from the point of view of your trading strategy. I want to explore both the ups and the downs, as well as the big takeaway from what can only be described as a great year for systematic trading strategies in general. But as we know, just because you're systematic in your trading, it doesn't mean necessarily that your strategy deals with the market events in a similar way. But I want to just jump into it straight away, Carsten. So tell me about 2014 from your perspective. How did the year evolve for your firm and for your two strategies? Well, Niels, um, first of all, 2014, I think it was a great turnaround year for the CTA industry in general. And so it has been for us. Nonetheless, market environment has been quite different for the various strategies. And by that, I mainly refer to different timeframes. And also, when you review the industry as a whole, you will see that, in particular, the more traditional, longer-term trend followers have had a fantastic time. And it's been a little bit more challenging for the shorter-term traders. But having said that, I mean, as you may know, both of our funds are short-term trading funds, and uh, Classic has done very well, is nominated for the Eurohedge Award, and Dynamic found a little bit more difficult. So I would say the short-short end of the short-term trading has struggled more. You also can see that when you look at the overall indices in the industry, that in particular on this one- or two-day holding periods, we've still seen a couple of web source, and it was more difficult to benefit from these massive trends. Now, in terms of... Um, I would say overall uh, review of the year, one can certainly say that um, the last couple of months, so in particular the fourth quarter, has been amazing. There were massive trends on um, all the major asset classes. Uh, we had the euro-dollar moves. Um, before that, we had dollar-yen moves. We've had the massive sell-off on the commodities, which um, also we benefited from. But I believe a lot of the players in the industry made a fair amount of profits on those um, uh, sell-offs. 
in the commodities. And then last but not least, um, good price movements on the equities. Uh, overall, obviously, equities uh, capped a pretty healthy price level. Sure. But with some sell-off in-betweens, uh, we've, we've seen some price declines in um, October with subsequent recoveries. Uh, those moves were all pretty good, in particular for our classic program. And then bonds, generally speaking, have been a profitable asset class too. So when you have this type of scenario with no asset class really losing, that obviously creates a fantastic environment for the CTA industry. And I'm very happy not just for us, but also for uh, our peers and colleagues that this year really has been a big, big turnaround year Um and it was, it was, of course, necessary. I mean, the last years, 13, 12, 11, uh, it was very challenging. It was very challenging. And a fair amount of investors, it seemed, have started to, you know, to have serious doubts about this sector in general. We always preached, you know, you have to be patient. Sure. It's a volatile strategy. It will play an important role in your portfolio. And so not only the number standalone is very attractive, but I believe also comparing it to the other hedge fund strategies in 2014, CTAs have really delivered an outstanding result. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned some of the sectors, but if you drill down uh, maybe even further, which markets in particular would you say were the biggest contributors for you uh, in the year, both on the positive and, and the negative side for that matter? First of all, I would have to distinguish always between amplitude classic and amplitude dynamic sure and generally speaking i would say equity markets have been pretty good for us and the bonds as well i'm i, I don't really want to go down to the specifics to the individual markets but um those two asset classes have been pretty good it's also a reflection of the weights they have in our portfolio sure. given that we are a short-term trader we have to put more weight on those markets and they've been very attractive so hence they have you know, um, done the, the biggest contribution. Sure. Again, you know, uh, without going into the, the, the nitty gritty of things necessarily, but, you know, we had a year where we saw some big trends. You mentioned some of them, you know, coffee going up 50%, oil dropping 45%, and a lot of other uh, markets having quite significant moves. But it doesn't always mean that trading models uh, capture them well and of course we also have to then distinguish between the longer term strategies and the shorter term strategies but if you look at your portfolio of models so to speak um, were there anything that stood out where you said actually I thought we would have done a little bit better in this market or in this type of model I think you will always have the situation no matter which year you or what period you would review that there is obviously a top-performing set of models and uh, a bottom set when you look at performance. So to that extent, I think that analysis is important in terms of uh, evaluating the robustness of your trading models. Sure. But it, it, you know, hindsight <laughs> is obviously, uh, you know, a thing that we unfortunately don't have sure. in uh, in the investment world. So you can always say, if I would have known this or that. And if I would have disabled my worst performing models, then, yeah, in, in any situation, you would have significantly enhanced your return. So whilst I agree that from, <clears throat> from the perspective of checking robustness, it's important to review these performance numbers. But um, beyond that, I think it would be wrong to say, all right, so we had this set of models um, not really performing very well, so we may not really 
of may underweight them in the following period. This is not how we how we do our research or how we build our program. Sure, sure. Now the year as a whole, um, certainly, and, and maybe I don't know, you know, uh, enough about just the short term space. But to me, at least, the year was a little bit sort of a, a year of two tails. We kicked off the year generally for CTAs with three very difficult months. You know, a lot of death sentences were issued over trend following uh, in the media for sure. But then we had sort of a very strong run, uh, eight out of the light, last nine months delivering positive returns. But we had some events, I mean, that people will remember, uh, uh, you know, Ukraine, the Russian uh, debate. We had oil, of course, taking center stage. Just to educate the broader audience here, can you talk a little bit about how systems or strategies as a whole, like, like yours, react to some of these specific events? Because this is what people often, I mean, if they hear Russia or if they hear oil dropping 50%, a lot of investors will say, ooh, that's scary, that's dangerous. But actually, as you and I know, these kind of strategies don't necessarily look at events like that in a negative way. That's right, because I guess the challenge you have with geopolitical events from a discretionary, from a human perspective, is that you will try to evaluate them and you will try to have a position how the situation will develop going further. And whilst some people and some analysts or traders or portfolio managers may have a superior capability of calling the shots there, I would see on average it is very difficult and emotions can really come in your way. Now, the, the beauty about these events, because they are major macroeconomical or political news, is that the price movements subsequent to that are quite substantial and that is a very fertile ground for systematic trading strategies because the models themselves will not care why there is a particular price movement in the market. They will just detect that there is and will work under the assumption that this price movement will continue for some time. So referring to these particular scenarios or events that you mentioned, the Ukraine crisis has obviously caused um, in its development, some concerns that have filtered through in the equity markets and have thereby created trading opportunities in particular over the shorter term strategies to also make money on the short side and then on the subsequent recovery. So to that extent, I think that is the benefit of a systematic strategy that this events will be handled with let's say as little emotion as possible sure. and, and in a in a systematic way. That's a great way of uh, explaining it. and it's such a difficult uh, thing for many people to to understand because they obviously have often emotional uh, input into uh, into their decision making. Now, also in terms of the year, you know, we end the year and we can kind of look back on on the good and the bad uh, during such a year. Is there anything, you know, it could be challenges, it could be highlights. Is there anything that in particular you would say that you you learned from a year uh, like 2014? I mean, you, obviously you've been doing this for a very long time and, and so maybe there's not a lot of things that can surprise you or that you feel actually that's a great takeaway. But was there anything that stood out for you in, in 2014? Well, subjectively speaking, it's been the recovery that we are all very happy about. Sure. And uh, otherwise, when we do, I mean, in terms of when you say, what do we take away? I mean, what do we learn? 
So I would say we try to base our research not on one isolated year. And mm -hmm. I don't think that this year there has been any particular event or any particular scenario where we would say, oh, we have not thought about this or um, it's a situation where we, we need to prioritize particular topics on the research agenda because of it. So to that extent, I would say it was a normal year. Sure, sure. Um, but the, the return environment was great. So it, it's more <laughs> the question is what does the investor actually learn from a year like 2014 where maybe some of the other strategies have not really performed that well. You know, that I think diversification is king and timing things is very difficult because if you would have asked people at the end of 2013 what the most favorite strategies are, nobody would have put CTA on position one. And I mean, you can look at these uh, polls. Sure. Um, it's all along the lines of long shot equity and maybe some credit and what have you. And, you know, these weren't necessarily the best performing strategies this year. And I'm not blaming them for, the, for this, but it's like always this, you know, you tend to favor things that have done very well in the recent periods. And we all know that there will be some level of mean reversion of returns when it comes to these kind of things, because otherwise it would just mean that one strategy is notoriously superior to another one, which I don't think it is. Sure. No, and in fact, I mean, you're absolutely right, of course. And and uh, Morgan Stanley just released a report where the, the answer to that question was really only 2% of all the people they asked in 2013 said CGAs uh, would be the best performance strategy. So so that's that's very true. Now, uh, just uh, uh, in terms of, of the firm as such, Amplitude Capital, did you have any major changes there in terms of uh, research upgrades or any big changes in appetite from clients or anything like that that you... We've, we've continued to increase our research team and we have had very positive feedback from our existing client base, which has led to um, a very constant asset growth. And we've, so we've managed to yet again increase our asset base also in 2014. We're very close to $2 billion now and um, that's been good. I would say it's still uh, challenging out there when it comes to investors interest and uh, we're trying to to educate our potential clients we're really trying to explain to them the benefits of cta strategies and we're quite actually optimistic for this year that uh, we will be able in particular with some of the larger institutional clients you you know to win them going forward and in terms of um of team here at Amplitude, we've uh, we're 25 people now. We will continue to grow as at a you know very I would say modest um, uh, pace. So that's all going fine. Sounds great. Now I know last time we spoke, uh, you talked a little bit about uh, some of the more worldly events and and some of the things that Merkel and other politicians uh, kind of uh, had been doing uh, in 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 the world and and how that affected the markets and so on and so forth. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mohammed El Arian was on the uh, on CNBC and and he had, he said something like this that. If he had to sum up the world in one word, it would be divergence. And as you and I know, most hedge fund strategies, uh, are, you know, are not particularly suited well for uh, divergent type environment. They're more kind of convergent uh, type strategies. When you hear something like this, and if 
Mohammed Alarian really is right about this, uh, and he ha- obviously has been right in the past in coining some some phrases and 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 new normals and what what have you. Can you talk to me a little bit about why this is really important for the kinds of strategies uh, that that you represent, uh, and and for the investors to be aware of this change when they look at their asset allocation to alternative investments? Uh, well, I. I guess it's a little bit a question of what uh, your point of view is. And I mean, given his background as um, being with the IMF for quite some time, I can totally, uh, uh, you know, uh, sense with that statement. I would say from our perspective, it is certainly helpful when the world becomes more divergent because if all markets correlate and all the major economical regions do more or less the same thing, we use correlation benefits within our portfolio and we actually quite welcome the fact that economical developments in Europe, in Asia, and in the U.S. go different ways. And I think, in particular, when we take Europe and and America, we we are well, we can observe actually, first of all, very different mechanics when it comes to stimulus like uh, quantitative easing. It has worked extremely, and I would say, surprisingly well <laughs> in the U.S. Sure, uh, it does not really work that well in Europe. We are way more in Europe negatively affected by the uh, instability in the Ukraine and subsequent trade sanctions uh, on Russia, which because we all know that the uh, trade relationship between Russia and Europe is much more intense than it is within the US. And we've seen that reflected in the equity market. So whenever we had negative news from Russia or from the Ukrainian crisis, that has affected the European markets in a very different way than it has done the U.S. markets. Now, from a trading perspective, that is very beneficial. Also, when you have divergent developments in the various economic regions, uh, you will have more interesting movements on the currency markets, and those has those have been a, a great asset class. Uh, also, towards the end of the year, with the strengthening of the dollar, it's been a great trading opportunity there. So, uh, from that perspective, um, yeah, I would I would share uh, Mr. L. Arian's view. And um, it's definitely good for us. Sure, sure. Now, if we look at things from manager's point of view, uh, we saw big inflows in 2009 after CTAs and systematic strategies had a great year in 2008. But it turned out that a lot of those assets were really chasing performance and left the industry because investors either didn't quite understand what they bought or just got disappointed or bored with performance in general. So the question is, I know you've alluded to it, the fact that you see good appetite and, 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 and it's an important year, 2015. But how do we avoid that 2015 becomes a repeat of what happened in 2010, 2011, where people again, you know, rush, you know, rush in, but also ends up rushing out? What can we do different? And I know you guys do quite a lot in in the selectivity of your clients, but in, in a broader scheme, perhaps, um, how do we best avoid a, a repeat of that sort of yin-yang we saw in in, uh, in, in uh, capital flows into CTAs? At the end of the day, it all comes down to a proper education of your client. I mean, clients who have been investing in the space and have a lot of experience, they, they will know how to handle the situation. And for them, their appetite or their investment activities by uh, have by no means changed, I would say. So, of course, they very welcome a year like 2014 because it has helped them a lot in their portfolio. 
but uh, I don't think that their general portfolio composition will change as a result of 2014. Now, with regard to clients that, uh, let's say, need positive performance in a strategy class in order to justify seeking exposure in it, the thing becomes a little bit more tricky. We try in the conversations to always manage expectations in a way that we say, look, environments have changed post-2009, and um, we try to provi provide them with performer returns that reflect this. I mean, those are things that we use for our own research, so we're not trying to overstate anything there or like you know lie to ourselves. So it's really down to managing expectations and showing them how the years um, 10, 11, 12, 13 have been really challenging and that, of course, we can have a situation like that in the future as well. And it has shown it. I mean, um, it was the longest stretch so far of flattish or disappointing CPA performance. And yes, it can happen. But I think what also 2014 and some of the data points in 2014 have shown that the industry yet again has proven that it can provide the diversifying return. And I guess that is really important and it has to be uh, emphasized that investors see the benefits to the portfolio of having CTAs on board. And if they make uh, a long-term decision in terms of having a strategic allocation to systematic strategies in their portfolio, then I don't see the problem using a year like 2014 by bringing this past year investment committee because they might find it easier to sign it off. Sure. Sure, sure. And I guess in a sense that probably is the key advice if you sit in front of an investor and that is really for them to understand that the value of true diversification. You know. Yes, and I mean it is with any investment, as you know, things that observe a very high sharp ratio in an isolated period of time will carry some sort of risk that eventually will kick in. It doesn't make it a bad strategy. You just have to understand what that risk is. What do you get compensated for? You're getting compensated for liquidity risk. Are you collecting carry? Are you collecting some other sort of premium? Um, it's all fine. You just have to be aware that there will be, there can be, and there probably will be a scenario where um, the risk in that strategy will materialize. And when you have a balanced portfolio, that is not going to be a problem. And I think this is why uh, why I believe we also should use 2014 not just to say, oh, CTAs have just made money, but to say, look, equity markets had a very volatile time. Not necessarily a bad time because more or less they stayed at the same level, but certainly a volatile time. Um, and it's, it's, it's provided great opportunities. Or if you take commodities, for example, you know that there are investors who have a uh, notorious long exposure to commodities, then obviously it's quite nice to have a trading strategy that can also benefit on a, in a, in a sell-off scenario on the commodity, uh, in the commodity asset class. Yeah, no, absolutely. Carsten, um, I actually only have one uh, final question. Sure. Left, but before I ask that, I just want to give you the opportunity if there's anything that you want to bring up that I have not brought up in terms of looking back at, at 2014 and maybe looking into 2015 as, as a whole, anything you feel you you just want to mention or, or bring to the attention of uh, of the audience? Yes, the, the one thing I'd like to say is that don't, or to the investors, you know, don't use this year as, uh, as a reference point going forward saying, okay, this is a new level of return that we're going to expect from CTAs in 2015 and 2016 and so on and so forth. But uh, take it as a data point 
or where you can see how it adds to to your portfolio and uh, understand that timing this strategy is just not a good idea because as you've seen a lot of clients or let's say a fair amount of investors have reduced their exposure and CTAs as we could have as we could observe in the overall AUM numbers and just as the strategy you know uh, recovered again so it's I think this is just the big learning, do maintain a strategic allocation. Of course, everybody can vary it a little bit, but do maintain a long-term strategic allocation. It also helps you to understand the strategy better. It helps you to build a more long, uh, long-term long relationship with your managers to become more comfortable with them and understand their research process because that's what you buy at the end of the day. You're not buying yesterday returns. You have to be comfortable with the manager and their research uh, procedure, and that will take time. It's the unfortunate situation of systematic trading that you have to invest a little bit more time on the strategy due diligence. That is great advice as usual, Carsten. I appreciate that. Now, my final question, and you know I always have these weird questions at the end, but I'm not going to ask you for a secret talent this time, but I just want to ask you, if you could make a wish for the new year, whatever it might be, something you would like to see happening, could be for you, could be for your firm, could be for whatever. Is there anything that you would like to see happening in the year to come? Um, that is a very tough question because <laughs> <laughs> things that are sometimes good for our trading strategy sure. are things that I wouldn't dare to wish for. Sure. So... I would want to say that I feel that the and and this is actually me coming from East Germany and having experienced the Cold War. Yeah. I have to say that I believe the world is in a very unstable state and I would wish that the politicians um on actually both sides of the Atlantic show a little bit more reason in terms of managing maybe conflicting interests but also trying to be more reasonable and understand the point of view of the other side so while crisis sometimes can be profitable for us um, I still would not want to wish for another Cold War scenario and if we take 2014 it certainly has been the year that brought the world closer to the old Cold War times than it has ever been before and I think that's a development none of us would like to see. Sure, no, I appreciate that. Now, unfortunately, our time is up for this short episode. I want to thank you again for, for being on the podcast, for sharing your insights. I want to congratulate you on another solid year for the firm. And I want to wish you and, and your firm all the best for the coming year. And I look forward to catching up later on in 2015. Thank you so much, Niels. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. And the same wishes go out to you as well. Thank you so much. All the all best. The best. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Top Traders Unplugged. If you feel you learned something of value from today's episode, the best way to stay updated is to go on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show so that you'll be sure to get all the new episodes as they're released. We have some amazing guests lined up for you. And to ensure our show continues to grow, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. It only takes a minute and it's the best way to show us you love the podcast. We'll see you next time on Top Traders Unplugged.